Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to contemplating how God's preached Word impacts every moment of our lives. This sermon was preached at Holy Cross in Kearney, Nebraska by Pastor Tim Barone. Uh, Well, grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. Let's open up to Romans chapter 4. As we continue through this uh, argument, talking about the faith of Abraham and the righteousness that comes through faith and not through works, uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper into Abraham's specific faith uh, and what he believed about God and what words he believed from God. And we'll see how uh, the specific promises that God has given to us uh, shine even brighter when we consider what he has done through Abraham. So beginning in verse 13 today. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That's why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only the adherents of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. For this is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but also for ours. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This is God's holy word. And so we see in this section of the scripture, we see this argument being presented that Even Abraham was justified by faith, right? Rather than thinking uh, Abraham was justified by his works, by his obedience to God, um, we see Paul taking this uh, tactic to say, even the founder of the Jewish people, even he was justified not by his works, but by his faith. And he points specifically to this God that Abraham believed in and the specific promises that he had been given. And so we're going to kind of dig into that. The main point of this whole section is that the same faith that justified Abraham is your faith. In other words, Abraham was saved through Christianity, 
right? He was saved by trusting God's promises, by trusting what God had said and done. It's the same exact, exact faith. Like Pastor John preached last week, it's not like a different God or a different scenario or the Old Testament goes by one set of rules and the New Testament goes by another set of rules, but rather God is saving all people through faith alone. And Abraham had that faith. And so in today's section, we're going to see this specific promise uh, to Abraham. Um, when God counted him uh, counted Abraham as righteous because of his faith. That's the point. So look at this. Could you read this with me? The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well. Uh, this is what the last section was about, that everyone is being saved by the same faith. People who have the mark of circumcision related to Abraham and people who are not. Through the same faith as Abraham, we are children of Abraham and made righteous as well. That's the point of this section. So let's look at these particular promises to Abraham. Uh, God had promised to Abraham uh, that he would be the heir of the world. Heir of the world. Heirs of the world. Second, that he would be the father of many nations. And third, that he would, be, he would have children as numerous as the stars. And I put those verses in there just so you can see that all of these are mentioned in this passage. Right, so verse 13, we see that uh, Abraham, the promise that he would be the heir of the world. In verse 17, that he would be the father of many nations. And verse 18, that his children would be as numerous as the stars. All of these are mentioned in this passage. What's interesting is Abraham's offspring... Uh, and Abraham was given the promise that he would have the promised land. Remember that? God told Abraham to go and leave his family to a land that he had promised him. But here, uh, Paul says, not only the promised land, but the heir of the whole world. And so this land that was offered to Abraham by God has now become this grander thing, this, the whole world. And this promise kind of uh, got bigger and bigger in the Old Testament so that even in the Psalms, it was understood that uh, when the Messiah came, the Jewish people would have the whole world as their inheritance. And so the question I have for you today is just how would God uh, actually fulfill those promises? How could he actually um, give these things to Abraham? How did that happen? And so some of these promises... Uh, have been fulfilled and some are still on their way. But let's look at this. Abraham had faith in the spe specific things that God had promised uh, and he had faith in the person who had promised them. And so helpfully, Pastor John last week talked about faith is, faith is not just good vibes, right? Faith is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling uh, that everything is going to work out the way you hope it will. A lot of people have that kind of simplistic understanding of faith. Uh, rather, faith is a specific trust in the specific promises of God. And so you can have a false faith, right? You can believe that God is going to give you something that he has not promised you. Like that he's going to give you 90 years in this life with good knees, has God promised that to you? No. Or that he's going to give you the exact career that you want? No. 
Uh, God has not promised a lot of things to us, and we get angry at God when our expectations are wrong about what he has promised us. But rather, faith is clinging to the exact words of God, clinging to the exact promises of God uh, because of who he is and what he has done. And so it's a, it's a daring trust that what God says he will do because of who he is. That's what faith is. And so let's look in the text here and see why Abraham believed. So let's look in verse 17. And we'll start in 16. It says, That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. And then it says, In the presence of God in whom he believed, who... First, gives life to the dead, and second, calls into existence the things that do not exist. I want you to notice here that these are descriptions of God's character, of his person, right? Who can give life to the dead? Do you put that on your resume when you apply for a job? No. That's a God thing, right? That's an attribute of the living God alone. And so this God... Abraham believed in this God, which one? The one who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And so God had promised Abraham, hey, guess what, buddy? You're going to have a child, right? Your wife, Sarah, is going to have a child. And as they're getting up into their older age, right, 70, 80, 90 years old, does that promise look like it's likely to happen? No. Nope. <laughs> uh, we had children pretty young in our, our marriage, right? Pretty young, at least by today's standards. I couldn't even imagine doing my whole children journey 10 years later, right? Here, how about 30 years later, 50 years later, 60 years later? The odds of that happening are zero, <laughs> right? That's not happening. Our bodies can't take it. That's just not the way things work. Uh, And yet, Abraham trusted this. He trusted God can do it. God's the one who gives life to the dead. Um, He's the one who calls into existence the things that didn't exist just a few minutes ago, right? The whole Genesis narrative is, is filled with this idea that God just calls things into existence with his voice. And so God can do it. And so Uh, He had reason to trust that the God who promised him was able to do this. The second thing is uh, uh, this idea about what exactly God had promised. And so uh, in hope, it says, in hope he believed, in verse 18, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. And so Here we have this specific promise. Abraham is trusting not that God would give him a fortune or that God would give him everything he wanted in this life, but rather a specific promise that God would make him into many nations, the father of many nations, and his children would be uh, numerous as the stars. And so he's trusting the specific thing that God had told him. And so that's the, the specific promise that he had been given And it says here that he 
believed against hope or in hope he believed against hope, what that means is just that that's not the way this life works, right? He believed even though every human expectation would be a failure for a pregnancy, right? Every human expectation would be a failure. But he did not um, think in a human expectation, but rather believed in hope. And so he continued to be strengthened in his faith. Let's go on in this text. Uh, In verse 19, he says, He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And so if you're going to highlight something in this text, that's a good thing to highlight. Verse 21 fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And that is why faith was counted to him as righteousness. And so, specifically, how did God fulfill this promise to Abraham? Abraham. He brought life from Abraham and Sarah that eventually brought forth the Christ. And you think about this. How could anyone become the father of many nations? Not only having a, a multitude of descendants but many nations. Right? Not only did God give Abraham lots of children through his descendants, right? Through Abraham came all of the people of Israel, but how would God also add to the people of Israel other nations and that Abraham would be their father as well? The answer comes to us through the person of Jesus. Uh, when Jesus came into this world, right, he was born from the Jewish family, from the line of Abraham and Isaac, from the line of David, right? He was a Jewish man. But then after Jesus went to the cross, after he died and after he was resurrected, when Jesus was about to ascend, who did he say that the disciples should go and preach to? Do you remember? He says, go to all nations. Go to everyone, right? baptizing and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so what once was exclusive to Abraham's line, exclusive to the the people who were circumcised, brought into the, the family of Abraham, now, with the coming of the Christ, has been expanded into all nations. It says this in uh, the Gospel of Luke as well. Uh, when Jesus is... Um, when Jesus is telling the disciples after the resurrection what's going to happen next, he says that this was written in the scriptures the whole time, that the Son of Man would die and rise again, and that forgiveness and repentance of sins would be preached in his name too. All nations. All nations. And it's hard for us on this side of history to realize just how shocking of a statement, of a command that was from God, because salvation was a Jewish story. It belonged to Abraham and the Jewish people. And now with Christ coming, he says, go into all nations, go to all people, preach to everyone who will listen of every race, every creed, every background. This gospel is for everyone and for all nations. And so as that gospel went out into all nations, what happened? People were baptized into Jesus from every background. And this includes you and me, eventually. 
right? So that Abraham, who shares our faith, has become our father in the faith. And so through, through this, all nations have been included in Abraham's family. And so what I want you to think about and try to grasp today is the fact that you, yourself, you sitting in the pews, us worshiping God with the same faith of Abraham, we are evidence that God keeps his promises in this world. Does that make sense? You yourself are evidence. You're, most of us don't have a Jewish background, and yet Abraham has become our father through faith. And so when God promised to Abraham and to Sarah, you will be the father, the mother of many nations, right? That is fulfilled in your hearing this, in your believing this, in the gospel being proclaimed to all people. We can say confidently, we are evidence that God himself keeps his promises. He can do it and he has done it through Jesus Christ. God kept his promise to Abraham by including you as all nations into the Christian faith. Right, so we are evidence of God's faithfulness to Abraham. Now I want you to kind of follow this logic with me as it goes further down. Uh, Abraham, in verse 21, he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. In 22, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but also for ours. Right? Underline that. You see, you can read the Bible and you think, man, I'm bored. This isn't about me. Right? This is about Abraham, Sarah, who cares? Right? Tell me why this matters. I love that Paul just directly says, this was written for you. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Okay, let's think about this again. Who is this God we're believing in? Is he able to do what he has promised to you? Is this God able to raise you from the dead? Is he able to undo the cancers of this world? Is he able to undo the warfare of this world? Is he able to give to you an inheritance of the whole creation as he promised to Abraham and to you? Is this God able to do these things? Is he able to say to you, your sins are forgiven and you are justified, you are innocent? Is this God able to follow through with his promises? Paul says yes. And how do you know? Because God raised Jesus from the dead. That's how you know. Because Jesus predicted his death, predicted his crucifixion, predicted that he would be handed over for our sins to, to wicked men to be crucified. That God would lay on him the sins of us all so that through him he would raise up many children. Right? God did all of these things to prove to you that his promises are true. And we can take it to the bank because God has shown it to us in the person of Jesus Christ and through his record throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament. This is the God who raises the dead. This is the God who calls things into existence 
that didn't exist just a few minutes ago. He is able to keep his promises to you. And as we believe in that, if we believe in this God, it's also counted to us as righteousness. You are righteous as you trust these words from God. So here's how you can apply this in your life. Um, a lot of times, uh, most of us in the morning, we, we wake up, stretch a little bit, stumble over to the bathroom, right? And you look yourself in the mirror, right? You look at yourself in the mirror. And if you're anything like me, the first thing that you do is you laugh a little bit, right? And you say, God, you must have a sense of humor <laughs> for making someone like me. Good. Get that out of the way. But then the next thing we should do as Christians is we should think about the promises of God on our lives. We should think about the fact that God can raise that person in the mirror from the dead. That your future is not death, but it is life in the name of Jesus Christ. And that all of the things that haunt you, all of the things that bother your conscience, all of the things that are wrong in your relationships, all of the things that give you heartache and keep you up at night, that God is also able to declare you innocent on the day of your judgment because of what Jesus has done. And so day after day after day, we wake up, we look at ourselves, and we claim the promises of God are true, right? We think about the goodness of God. We think about the faithfulness of God. We think about how he kept his promise to Abraham. And we think about how he kept his promise to Jesus. We think about how he certainly will keep his promise to us. And as we trust in this, it's counted to us as righteousness. We have righteousness. We have innocence today because of what Jesus has done. Friends, if you were to do this day after day in your life, I promise you, uh, you will be strengthened as Abraham was strengthened by the promises of God. Um, I want to show you this last verse. This is um, Romans 1. And really, this is kind of the end of this section. One to four is one section. And the thesis of all of Romans, right, is he's not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation. And this is the second half of that statement. For in the gospel, let's read this together, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, which is God's faithfulness, for faith, our trusting. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Uh, what Paul has been trying to, in, endeavoring to give to us uh, what the scriptures, the Spirit has been endeavoring to give to us is to say that God's righteousness, His faithfulness to you, leads us confidently to be trusting in Him with our lives. Right? It's based on the character of God. It's based on the evidence that He has given year over year of His faithfulness. Century over century, millennia after millennia, God is faithful. And because He's faithful, it leads us to trust him confidently with our lives too. And so as it was for Abraham, uh, may it be for us as well. In the name of Jesus, amen.